I don't even know what your show is called. Can you tell me about it? I don't even know the title. Um, it, it's called Not What You Think. There's all this stuff in the media, right? And it's all exciting and it just happened now and, and it's explosive and big. And we're about the stories that aren't that. So we're getting people in to come and talk about all this stuff that's going on out in the world, out in Sydney, around Australia, that's important, that's interesting. It's just not as loud as, as that sort of stuff. So we're kind of the, the place that quiet stories are going to go to. All of the little stories. This is the plan, yeah. So you're going to make things that the other media, mainstream media, has decided aren't as interesting. Even alternative media. So we're not going for the obscure stuff, just the quiet stuff. That was Beth Dalgleish, who recorded that with me a little earlier, and she was trying to help me explain this show. This is the first episode of this show, and it's called Not What You Think. It's a new show. Like I was saying, we're going to be talking about stuff that's kind of important, stuff that you might not have heard of yet. Each week, a guest will be helping us get our heads around that stuff. And this week, our first guest is Blake Lindley. He's a sustainability consultant. He tells people how to be better at environmental stuff. He really wants us to know about landfill. But I promise this will be okay, because what he really wants to talk about here is death. Not people death, not animal death. He wants to talk about the death of stuff. The death of your mobile phone, the death of your office coffee machine, the death of your fridge, of your toaster, or even a banana skin. What happens to it after it dies? And Blake is really interested in where all that stuff ends up, which is landfill. Blake, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Asha. What Blake would like you to know is that Sydney only has so much space for landfill, and it's uh, kind of running out, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It's been uh, probably come to the forefront in in some ways in the last sort of five years. Um, There was a report published uh, uh, a little while ago that basically stipulated um, landfills in Sydney as uh, at current rates of disposal was going to be all full by 2017. And this report was about six years ago? Yeah, 2009. 2009. So, yeah, the not-too-distant past and um, also came with a warning, I suppose, for the not-too-distant future in terms of um, scarcity in Sydney's landfill. Uh, that's a pretty real problem. And although they've taken a few steps now to the, that are sort of delaying that, I think it's it's more of an inevitability rather than, um, you know, something we've solved. I guess, like, um, one of the, the places we might want to start is, is landfill itself. Like, landfill is a, a place. It's where you, you go to put stuff. What, is it, what does it look like? Gee, it's... Uh, it's more or less exactly how you'd imagine it, I suppose. It's a giant hole in the ground um, that they will fill, they'll compact, they'll press it down, they'll put in sort of, you know, different layers of soil, various different pieces in it as they build it up. And uh, eventually when that hole in the ground is full, that's it. They move on, do it somewhere else. So it's kind of garbage soil, garbage soil. And, and, and what, does it, what does it smell like? It smells of um, everything decomposing from, um, you know, your, what you put in your green bin to what you put in your household waste. And I, I suppose it sits there and cooks in the, in the sun all summer. So it's a all year. At banana skins, newspapers, nappies, all, all this sort of wonderful stuff. All that, that great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All ends up right there cooking in the sun. Um, and and uh, certainly the smell is a very big issue. It's for, you know, nearby residents for zoning around around the site and, you know, surrounding land use is a massive issue. So, so it sounds like there'd be some people who wouldn't be too sad that their landfill is going to close down. Yeah, yeah. If you live next door to one, I think that's a pretty good outcome because they generally build a park on top of it, Sydney Olympic Park, actually. Um, oh. It was an old... Uh, it was an, They refurbed that for the Sydney Olympics and it was an old sort of sort of waste disposal ground. So, so that was contaminated with waste contaminated and they, land, they covered it. it over. Yeah. And we, we might talk about some of the, the alternatives a, a little later in the program. Yeah. But um, 
one of the things that you know you were saying that landfill can run out there's, there's about four waste sites around sydney where, where we have landfill yeah so there's um four sort of major landfill sites which are dealing with uh putrescible waste which is mixed uh, you know municipal waste which has got food scraps and and all those items which are basically going to rot um they're licensed differently as i said to general waste um or, or you know dry waste sites where they deal with construction waste and things like that um and putrescible waste is where we're facing the real shortage in Sydney. So the alternative at this stage is to take it down to Goulburn, actually, about 250 kilometres away on the way to the snow, uh, put on a train and send it to Goulburn every day, 365 days a year. And we might talk about what happens when it gets there in just a sec, but first we're going to go to a song. Yeah. And our first song is Won't You See by G.A. That was Won't You See by G.I. And welcome back to Not What You Think 
on FBI Radio 94.5, and we're talking to Blake Lindley about something that's important to him, and he reckons important in general, and it's about landfill. And we just kind of hopped on a train down to Woodlawn, which is near Goulburn, and we're about to talk about where your waste goes, but just before we get there, I was wondering if um, you'd be comfortable talking about how landfill can sometimes explode. <laughs> um it can do when uh when you put organic matter into landfill uh you're putting it in in a uh, anaerobic environment which is one in the absence of oxygen so like no, no air in there no air yeah no with. air no air flow and so what happens is uh all the carbon in the organic matter uh which is you know the majority of any banana peel uh we mentioned anything um natural that goes into the landfill uh it basically turns into methane um rather than carbon dioxide methane is a quite flammable gas uh and yeah has the potential to explode um if it you know if it can be captured it'll rise in the landfill and actually goes they when they close the landfill they actually cap they put a sort of a impermeable cap across the top of it and um, so so they, they put a cap that the methane can't get out that's right. Well, the smell, the methane, the rats can't get in, all those different things, you know, um, for various different reasons. But, yeah, it has the effect of um, capturing all that methane. So you've got to look out. You've got all this landfill lying around. Sometimes it's kind of spontaneously combusts, which is a problem. And then the, the methane is not a great greenhouse gas, I understand. No, it's not. Yeah. I, I mean, they're not. it's not a particularly large threat to public safety and exploding landfill. But um, um, it's going to be a frightening environment probably, to work in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, methane's quite dangerous or, or quite um, quite a bad greenhouse gas as well. Actually, 21 times as bad as carbon dioxide. So I, I know you hear a lot about carbon dioxide as, as the enemy, I suppose, in, in that battle. Um, one atom of methane is 21 times worse as a greenhouse gas than one atom of carbon dioxide. So. And this, I think, is the same gas we're talking about when people make jokes about cows fighting affecting global yeah, warming. And it, absolutely. It, is it, it's kind of similar to natural gas. Is, is that? Yeah, well, yeah, more or less is natural gas. Um, and uh, yeah, it can, it, I mean, it comes from lots of natural sources as well. Um, don't get me wrong there, but uh, decomposing matter in landfills, one of them, so that we, we generate ourselves. Um, and you're on FBI listening to Not What You Think, and Blake Lindley is telling us all about landfill. And one of the things that that methane can do, as well as being a, a dangerous problem when you're doing occupational health and safety, is also generate power. Yes. So uh, we mentioned it was a flammable uh, flammable gas, and the um, I mean the best practice, industry best practice for landfill, um, if it's operating or expired, is methane capture and what they call flaring of that gas, in in which they essentially capture that methane they burn it um it heats water makes steam turns a turbine and generates electricity so that's the um it's the best practice as i said it's not done everywhere and uh it needs to be you know you need to have a high organic sort of concentration in your landfill for that to be possible and and viable economically viable um but i mean that's a great use for it where that happens but you know it's not widely spread enough and that's something australia is relatively late to the game with but there's been going on overseas for quite a while, like in, in say, Sweden, I think, or Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they, they, I think they lead everything when it comes to environmental um, considerations. But, uh, I mean, it's certainly... I, I'm not up to speed totally with the latest statistic on, on methane capture, but, I, I mean, last I heard, I think it was 13% of the estimate of all methane generated in landfills captured and flared in Australia. So, um, 
it's not a uh, not a huge amount, no. Not a huge amount. We we could definitely do more. And then yeah. th- there are options for for the drier stuff as well, the stuff that doesn't rot, like the the so other waste. Yeah, and they go into different licensed facilities, um, which you know aren't going to be generating that same sort of quantity of, of gas, and you know not you don't have those safety issues, don't have those safety risks associated. So, and I guess one of the things that we'll get back to right after the next song is. In a lot of countries, you know, we, we have landfill everywhere. We, we recycle some things, we send something to landfill. But there are actually countries that not only don't have any landfill, but have not had any landfill for quite some time. And we'll get back to that in just a sec after this song. We're going to listen to Let's Go to the Beach by Bonoffi. Welcome back to Not What You Think. That was Let's Go to the Beach by Benoffi. 
we're talking to Blake Lindley, who's a sustainability consultant, and he's telling us all about landfill and why it's kind of important that you know about it and also what we should do about it because Sydney's kind of running out. One of the things that, in a sense, Australia could be said to be unusual in is that we still have landfill at all. There are some countries where there's no landfill. Is that right? Yeah, there are, um, or have very limited landfill. Again, the um, the Europeans do a lot of... Uh, the old term would be waste incineration, um, which is probably the most descriptive term of it, but it's far, far more advanced than what that makes it sound. Yeah, that, that sounds like they're sticking a dirty burner and making <laughs> giant black clouds of gas, and it sounds like it's, that's not the thing. Yeah, it's not a pretty image. So it's, it's called waste recovery, uh, sorry, energy recovery from waste now. Um, it would be the term you'd hear. And um, I mean, they're very, very clever. They got, you know, the best minds in the country sort of looking at that and, and across the world. And, and that's certainly, I mean, it's becoming more, you know, a more viable option. But again, it could be argued that's decycling rather than recycling. So, I mean, you're, you're essentially, you know, burning it is sort of the last resort. I think if you can recover a product, if you can recover that, if it's paper, glass, aluminium, um, plastics, metals, whatever it is, you know, you're better off doing that and maintaining it, maintaining it as a, you know, a, a credible product before you burn it, basically. So it sounds like there's an element of pollution in with recycling in that, and that, that's not ideal. Um, it, it's, yeah, there, I mean, there is an element of pollution, but the way these plants operate, they're, I mean, they're extremely good. They're extremely good. I just, you're taking that, what you're doing is you're taking that material, that quantity of material that you're burning out of the productive economy. And, and I think the solution needs to be we keep it in, in the economy um, rather than getting rid of it. So normally we'd be able to have like the, the former parts of a phone, the former parts of, a, well, I suppose your banana that keeps coming up again. And, and the former parts <laughs> of all these bits and pieces would be able to go around and be recycled again. And this is their final, final stop. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, having a true sort of circular economy um, which is where we're taking those things. And, you know, they, they, they get caught up in this circular economy and, and I suppose have no end point is the ideal thing. We're taking a linear system and folding it back on itself to create create that circular economy. So the battery from the phone goes here, the metal goes here, the plastic goes here, and, you know, we're actually retaining all those and they go into new product um, rather than either being burned or ending up in the bin. Do, do you think Sydney has a chance of doing that? Um, in In the future, yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't put a date on it, but um, I think that's the way it's got to go. There will be a point where new resources become prohibitively expensive to get out of the ground, if it's oil, if it's ores, whatever it is. Um, and we need to, you know, it's going to be cheaper to reuse and recover all those all those things. They actually talk about landfill sites becoming the mines of the future. Um, you know, when, when we get to that point, there's no more metal left in the ground to dig up and they actually start going back through you know, the, the landfill sites from 50, 100 years ago where we've dumped all those, you know, computer screens and computers and all those things to recover resources. So, so whereas some archaeologists have gone back to, to landfill sites from the past for, for archaeology to find things out, we go back for energy. They, they'd go back, yeah, to recover that plastic bag you threw out, you know, last night. Um, you're an FBI 94.5. You're listening to Not What You Think. We're talking to Blake Lindley and he's telling us about landfill, which has been surprisingly interesting all the way through this show. Blake... One of the weirder suggestions for waste, I mean, and there are a bunch of weird suggestions for what we can do with waste rather than, you know, actually recycle or do all the hard stuff, is shooting it into space. What, what are, the, like, what are the, the, the odds of any of these weirder solutions actually working? Uh, at the moment, not very high. Um, can, can you describe, oh, let me describe your expression as, as, as I say that. You're kind of like slowly smiling like that sounds cool and that that would never never work in a million years yeah i mean i have issues with that because in the end uh 
everything you see around you, the car you're in listening to the radio right now, you know, the couch you're sitting in at home listening to the radio right now, you look around you, everything is made out of something that we dug up from the earth. And if we're taking our discarded pieces, you know, this radio, this sofa, the car, everything, shooting that into space, um, there's going to be a point pretty soon where we don't actually have any more of those materials on earth to keep creating these products. So, again... um, that's almost the very worst case scenario shooting into space because we have just shot everything we depend on right now off into the you know out there into the universe to um lose it forever so, so it, it sounds like space is almost as bad as landfill both of them are putting things I, i'd always use. say it's worse because at least if we put in landfill it can go back and people can dig it up in 100 years time when they realize uh you know when they run out of sort of oil the dig up elsewhere and one of the problems with landfill is the, the sheer variety of stuff that ends up there like a lot of office fittings end up there yeah a huge amount um construction and demolition accounts for about 40 percent of all uh waste that goes into landfill so so when someone like the, the building stays the same but you move office all of those fittings end up in landfill a lot of the time yeah that's right so um your office fittings uh you know they say the average tenancy in the sydney cbd is about five to seven years for any office space. So every five to seven years, every square meter of office space in Sydney is refit. Um, that basically means pulling up the carpet, tearing out the kitchen, tearing out the bathrooms, um, all the walls go, the ceiling you know, gets stripped back to just the electrics basically that's in there. Um, someone comes in, puts all of it straight back in and you know, happily works there for five years and then the rest of it all goes back into the bin again for the next phase. That sounds like a massive waste of resources. And it sounds like from what you've been saying so far, we really need to get on top of what we can do about not doing this landfall thing quite so much anymore. And like, there are things that big companies can do, but most of the people listening aren't going to be, you know, running a big company, although hi, if you are, um, please be nice with landfill. Um, (laughs) But for for everyday people, it sounds like there are two main things, one they can do and one that their council can do. Yeah, that's right. A really important one is is composting, taking those organics out of the waste stream, um, which makes it's, it's a very sort of heavy part of that. But it's also just something that you can reuse very easily in your backyard with a worm farm, any of those things. Um, put on your garden, your flowers or your veggies, whatever you want to use it for is going to be brilliant. And um, for a lot of people who find that icky, you can you can ask your council to come get it some places? Some places, yeah. Um, there's a few sort of progressive councils. I think Randwick's pretty on the ball with um, organics sort of separating. Uh, but it's not, I mean, it's very rarely done. It's very rarely done. We have um, green waste bins, but you're not, to put, you're not meant to put food waste in them. Um, but they are. There's a number of things happening now in the industry to, to sort of make that happen. You mentioned... Um, councils and councils involvement and and, I mean councils do a really great job don't get me wrong they get the flack they get a lot of flack from you know a lot of different quarters I think for what they do but uh, it's more a matter of of incentivizing things at the end of the day um, any recyclable material has a value it's going to be turned into product there's someone who actually wants to buy that paper that left that you know that egg carton you know you don't want anymore that goes in the bin they use that they put it into new product Um, landfill all you're doing is taking it away putting it a hole in the ground so your council rates don't separate uh, the prices for your bins. What I think or what I'd like to see is you paying X amount of dollars for your general waste bin and you'd probably be paying less, you know, about a quarter of that price 
for or half to a quarter of that price for a recycling bin. Well, that you're, you know that makes you incentivized to separate those streams. And there are some ways of doing that where it doesn't necessarily have to feel like an extra cost. Some places the council charges you less for a smaller bin. There are different ways of approaching it that not necessarily doesn't feel like an imposition quite as much. Yeah, you should actually be in a situation where you'd save money. If you if you want to do the right thing, you will save money by recycling. Absolutely. There's no there's you know there's no it's clear as day and we see that in business already business have privatized waste services and um, people save huge amounts of money just by doing the right thing with recyclables so if people are listening it sounds like they should get onto their council and find out why their garbage is so cheap and talk through it <laughs> well yeah it's it, it, it'll take a little bit more than that um, and I mean it's going to be something you're coordinating local government state government um, there's, there's a lot of steps in the process but I mean that's certainly communicating that price signal um, to consumers, I think, is is the most real way of, you know, making people realise what they're throwing away and, and, and what more they should or can be doing. Cool. And, and by price signal, we mean changing the price of things to make some things easier, some things harder. And, and I think we've just run out of time. Um, thank you so much for coming in, Blake. Not a problem. And also, thank you, Jess Hamilton, who suggested you and suggested this topic before we reached you originally. You can listen again to Not What You Think at ondemand.fbiradio.com. We also have a podcast, which includes not just this show, but some extra bits we weren't able to fit into the broadcast version. If you're listening to this on the podcast, stick around. It's just after the music. If you're not on the podcast, you can go to fbiradio.com, click on On Air, and then Programs and Playlists, and choose Not What You Think. The details for our podcast will be down the bottom there. Not What You Think is produced by Laura Briley. The executive producer is Claire Holland, and I'm Sasha Rosen. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a new idea. Next up on FBI, lunch. Touch of your skin, blurring my vision, seeing the same film again. Closer you pull me under the table, sign of how this might end. But if you don't want to hold me, maybe I could change your mind. Cause I'm waiting, hesitating, and there's other ways to leave here, but I only ask for you as you move.
I'm Laura Bradley, producer for Know What You Think. This is a little bit extra that we recorded, but we couldn't fit on air. I'm surprised it isn't more talked about. Yeah, well, like I mean, it's not. There's no stories about it. So that that the figure that's um, so that was a 2009 report, and that was basically the first ever landfill capacity report in Sydney. They they were kind of like, oh well, I guess uh, you know, I guess our landfill sites are filling up a bit now. Like, well, maybe we should have a look at that. Maybe we should have a look at that. Yeah, so that you know, so that it was like kind of like it's unbelievable how so, like so it's, 2009 it's we got up to that. So waste industry. Just, they were just like just put yeah, it they were like oh, just put it, just put it over there. Yeah, yeah. and 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 I mean, I was saying they they've gone from in commercial industrial right, so business waste recycling's gone in since 2002 has gone from 30 percent to like 60 percent. That's like, huge. Good. That's well, it's massive. But well, I mean, I you just think about how long they were. Ma- the fish markets only recently started properly recycling. Yeah, like, yeah. That's a really new thing for them, and it's still well, it's, like re making everyone actually think about it. Yeah, it's it really hard. Yeah, there's just that perception that it's not, you know, it's too hard or whatever. And and they bought in the waste levy. A big part of it's been they when we talk about price signals, they tax you at the moment. It's one hundred and twenty dollars a ton. So of that three hundred dollars a ton, which if if you and I were to take a trailer to the tip. We get charged three hundred dollars a ton of waste. One hundred and twenty of that is the waste levy, which is what that basically goes to the government. So the landfill owners charge two hundred and whatever left one hundred and eighty dollars a ton for their costs, and they make a bit of money. And one hundred and twenty dollars a ton is like a tax, you know. So it's a uh, I think as I put in our email, email it's like Alco Pops. You know yeah. why Alco Pops went from fifteen dollars for a six pack to thirty dollars for a six pack overnight? It's because yeah. they just tax it, and so everyone still in, makes their margin, but. All garbage bins now, or at least the privately run ones, um, the recycling bins have cameras on the back. So when they come and they pick up the bin, they empty it in. But the issue is they collect the paper bin, right? It goes around and they collect all this paper expecting that they're going to sell it for $90 a tonne, right? That's what they sell paper for. So they collect it, take it to one spot, sell it per tonne at $90 a tonne. So they make money on that. But... If that gets contaminated, so like they leave a chicken in there or something. Yeah, so if someone's throwing chicken or you know a couple of bags of waste or you know not easy, stuff that can't really be sorted out easily, when they show up at the place which collects all that paper, they get turned around at the gate and they say this load's contaminated. We can't accept this load. Um, take it to landfill. And so what you've then done is that one person who's contaminated has then contaminated ten tons of waste instead of just their one bin. You know yes, what I mean? So. so and, and then and that company they lose like heaps of money on that because they then have to go and pay three thousand dollars to put it into a landfill instead of getting so, ninety dollars. So, so they the, the camera checks what's going in there. Yeah. So what happens is if they get a contaminated load and, and they get they get 
held up for contamination at the recycling facility, then they go back the camera, they go back and look oh, on the camera and work out which from. bin the contamination came out of, and then they call up that company and say we, you know, they give them you get like two strikes or something, and they, you know, if otherwise they That's won't good. serve you or they'll. What about how recycling? Because the actual council, you put paper, glass, yeah. and all of it together. Mm-hmm. So what, just do they sorted. just sort it out? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was confused by that. Oh, YouTube, YouTube, a um. Like materials, uh, you should, yeah, like materials recovery center or like you a, were telling AWT me they use lasers advanced, and stuff and air. Yeah, advanced waste um, treatment plant. Is it like a person just going? No, no. Well, that well, there is actually that's like the final stage is hand separating, but it's so cool they put it through this machine and it's got it's got like this, it's like this thing on a robot has to like go up a hill, so it like pulls stuff up the hill, and they have like air air bridges, so there's like a gap. And they like blow air across it, so all the rubbish gets blown across it. The heavy stuff, you know, any like metal or heavy stuff falls th- through the gap, but all the paper and plastic will like get blown That's over cool. it. And they hit it with like magnets, and then they do like electromagnets, which like push it away, and some magnets like pull it. And then they have, you know, people separating it and have like these cozy laser things that actually sense the densities of all the different stuff and like grab out all different things. It's That's so cool. Yeah, you can look it all up that, on that, YouTube. That, that's my great it. regret from that interview is we didn't get to talk about that. That's just like... Yeah. It's, it's not just that it's kind of cool tech. It's just that it's the effort that people are seriously going to to get this stuff done. Like there, there is money in this to yeah, do the all fa- of that stuff. Yeah, the fact that, yeah, the person operating that makes money out of this, the materials that they recover. 